Welcome to the Synergy Autism Podcast. A very special thank you to my son, Graham Lampy, for producing the music you just heard. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast. This is Barb Avila and I am the owner of Synergy Autism Center and I'm glad you're here. So today I thought I would weigh in on the controversy over ABA, also known as Applied Behavior Analysis. For those of you who are new to autism, ABA is now commonly prescribed by pediatricians as the first line of support whenever a child is diagnosed with autism. Families then receive between 10 and 20 hours per week of support by an ABA-trained center that is typically covered by insurance. Then a trained behavior technician visits the family's home or the child attends a center for skill development. Now, even though it is commonly prescribed by pediatricians, there are many autistic adults speaking out against this treatment, stating that it is harmful and even abusive. I am a strong advocate for listening to autistic voices, so I am definitely listening here, especially since I personally left being an ABA provider in 2005. Now, a little history. ABA, or again, it's Applied Behavior Analysis, has been around for a very long time. It has its roots in behaviorism and psychology. Basically, it is a way to observe, track, and remediate behaviors or habits, not specifically having to do with autism, but having to do with human behavior. So if you wish to stop smoking, for example, you may use ABA type things to break down the situations and triggers that make you want to smoke. And then you might create and train yourself in new ways to stop your smoking. That's using ABA. So you might train yourself to do something else instead. All right. So then why is it so, uh, you know, um, applicable to autism? So there's a man, Dr. Ivar Lovas, in the 1960s who began using ABA to address the challenging behaviors often associated with autism. His work was both groundbreaking and upsetting in hindsight. His techniques were very often focused on the use of consequences for challenging behaviors, for example. And I know this personally. I was trained by one of Ivar Lovas's doctoral students in the 1980s and was actually, while some of it was really helpful, was appalled to be asked to use a wooden spoon at that time on a child's behind when he was asking to use the bathroom, when it seemed like he was just trying to quote unquote get out of some of the more challenging work together. Now, at that time, again, there were some things that I felt like were working for that child, but I refused and actually quit when I was required to stick to that protocol that was being asked of me. So as you can imagine, ABA, as with most therapies and approaches, has changed. It's grown. It's evolved over the years. The focus is now much more on setting children up for success, breaking tasks down into manageable amounts, for teaching and integrating play into lessons. The problem in my mind is still that it still focuses on skills versus relationships, and it's still very compliance-focused. So I am not here to defend ABA, as I think the industry is actually lagging severely behind current research in the field, 
indicating the importance well, the, the research is actually indicating the importance of parent-mediated intervention, where ABA is lagging on this, and it's also lagging on respecting the voices from those on the autism spectrum themselves. What I will say, however, is that ABA has its place, and there are now different types of ABA out there. But I'm not sure why we think that parenting or guiding a child with autism requires a completely different set of skills than used with other humans. You see, in ABA, a lot of times people are saying to only use ABA in parenting children with autism. Yes, we need to be more deliberate, mindful, and specific in the world of autism, but that doesn't mean that we parent completely differently. In ABA, we currently bring our young professionals from who are trained in ABA. We bring them into homes who are, and these people are not parents themselves, and we're saying that they can guide our children with autism, telling parents essentially that they, these young professionals, can do it better than they can. That is ludicrous in my opinion. So then these lovely young professionals who are trained in ABA move on to other training and their own lives, of course. But then they move away from that child. And this causes another disru- disruption in the ability to form bonds and relationships long term for that child and family. Again, why do we feel like this is a good idea? (laughs) Now, I do think the ABA has its place, like I said. So I just don't think it needs to be front and center. We as parents need tools for addressing specific behaviors that we wish to either increase or decrease, and that's where ABA can be helpful. We need to ensure our child knows, for example, to walk with us when in the community rather than running off away from safety. An ABA approach is perfect for this situation to ensure quality teaching for safety purposes. However, ABA is still commonly telling a child to stop stemming, for example, and focus, which actually might be an oxymoron. The child may need to to stem to focus (laughs) or um, playfully engaging with a child when you're reading a book may be ideal for bringing the words to life, but then traditional ABA, anyway, might try and reduce the off-topic questions or behaviors in favor of that focus that I was talking about on that discrete skill of reading. So taking out that relationship base, the other pieces that that child could be learning during that time. So just like typical parenting, my recommendation is to use ABA strategically. If you're a parent listening to this and you need help addressing specific behaviors that are either unsafe or important to you for other reasons, by all means, consult with an ABA provider. But do not simply surrender to them. They do not know your child as well as you do. And parent-mediated intervention is showing the best results in research, so stay as informed about what they are doing as you can. If you need a break, a respite, Having an ABA provider there, knowing your child is safe and learning might be ideal. They might be able to go on walks, for example, with your child, make a snack, brush their teeth, using some pretty awesome ways to break down those tasks so that they're manageable and make sense for your child. But again, do not let this be the only way your child learns. The world out there is a dynamic and social place. We want your child to be flexible, social, engaged, distracted sometimes, (laughs) playful a lot, and curious about the world and others. 
ABA providers work for you. Tell them what you need and what you don't need. They will actually appreciate feeling successful with the things that are important to you. Toileting, for example. And you will stay in the lead of your child's upbringing if you tell them what you need and want. If something makes you feel uncomfortable about what an ABA provider or anyone is doing with your child, do not hesitate. Ask questions and ensure answers from them. These people all work for you and you have choices. One provider may not work with your family and another very well might be an amazing fit. Listen to autistic voices who are saying that the old ABA is potentially abusive and the interventions you choose for your child should be more relationship-based, interactive, supportive, respectful, and not just compliance-based. Be sure that your provider values and respects those autistic voices as much as you do. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast, where we bring research, information, and people together to best understand and love those with autism, also known as autistic individuals. Check out my website for lots of additional links, like my Facebook account, Instagram account, blogs that I have written, videos, and even courses that are both free and some that I have labored with some wonderful colleagues um, to produce just for you. And contact me with questions and ideas for future podcasts. I'm here. I'm listening. Till next time.